This is the Savvy Philanthropist Podcast. My name is Kirk. We are a financial planning podcast for people who want to do philanthropy well. Whether you're a donor trying to do some good in the world, or you're a development officer trying to connect resources with the people who need them, this podcast is all about how to navigate our U.S. legal and financial system in order to make the greatest philanthropic impact you can. This is Episode 21, A Business Owner's Guide to Giving, Part 1. Today's episode builds on our earlier discussion of using appreciated capital assets to make charitable gifts, a really powerful way to increase giving while minimizing taxes. But as promised, we're moving from the reasonably simple world of publicly traded securities to the more tightly regulated world of privately held securities. This will be the first in a three-part series that will touch on each of the major issues associated with this sort of gift. As an initial matter, what sort of assets are we really talking about here? To put it simply, we're generally talking about closely held businesses. Imagine a young couple who starts a small company in their kitchen. 20 years later, it's grown into a significant operation with 20 employees and annual revenues of several million dollars. Our successful entrepreneurs would now like to retire and are looking to sell the company. They also happen to be philanthropically inclined. That's the sort of situation we're talking about here. So the appreciation part of this scenario is pretty clear. The company has dramatically increased in value over time. But where are the securities? Those are the legal forms that are the actual ownership of the company. Barring the very occasional odd case, we're generally talking about two options. A limited liability company or an S-corporation. Exactly what those are and how they work is a bit beyond our purview here, but we'll just say that these are the forms of ownership used by most small business owners. So what we'll be talking about for the next several episodes is what business owners might do with those LLC units or S-Corp shares in order to support charity and reduce taxes. As to the basic tax math, you already know it. The value of those securities, namely the LLC units or the S-Corp shares, have dramatically increased as the company has grown. If the owners then sell the company, they will have to pay capital gains tax on all of that growth. Giving some of those securities to charity prior to a sale eliminates the capital gains on the portions gifted, as well as generating a fair market value charitable deduction. This basic math is exactly the same as for publicly traded securities. The charity then sells the securities and pays no capital gains tax. Everybody wins. But how to present that math to the IRS has quite a few additional considerations when securities are privately held. As I've mentioned approximately a thousand times on this podcast, we have to follow the rules in order to satisfy the IRS or our charitable deduction is in danger. There are three primary issues identified in the IRS rules for this type of gifts. There are plenty of additional details, but these three are the most important ones. First, the donor has to get a qualified appraisal of the shares or units he's planning to give to charity. What's a qualified appraisal, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. This is a formal appraisal done of the value of the business and the portion of the company that will be gifted. This appraisal has to be done by someone with the right credentials, namely a qualified appraiser. In other words, the donor can't simply decide what the company is worth and then take a charitable deduction for that value. The company's value has to be confirmed by an external, independent evaluation. It is crucial to note here that this calculation is done independently of what the owner might actually be intending to sell the company for, especially if the owner has already started some conversations with a potential buyer. The owner is not at all obligated to use the appraised value as the basis for a sale, Now, if the sale price and the appraised price get too crazy far apart, the IRS may flag an issue, but technically, the two numbers are separate and can be treated as such. 
but to take a charitable deduction for a gift of closely held securities, a donor must have a qualified appraisal. Second, and this is one place where it is easy to get tripped up, the donor cannot already have a written sales agreement with a potential buyer prior to, prior to making the gift. Let me repeat, the seller cannot have any sort of written agreement to sell prior to making a gift of some or all of the company. This is something called a prearranged sale. If there is already something in writing, then there is an IRS rule that just goes ahead and imputes the capital gain to the donor, regardless of the fact that the shares of the company were gifted prior to the execution of the sale. But the easy way to avoid this problem is simply to make the gift before writing anything down about the sale. The timing here can get a bit tricky, and I'll address the topic more in part three of this series. For now, just be aware that there cannot be a written, prearranged sale before closely held stock can be donated to charity. Third, it's crucial to remember that the charity that receives the closely held stock, or LLC units, is going to be an actual owner of those securities for a bit, and it will be one of the sellers in the eventual sales transaction. So it's important to communicate early and often with the charity to make sure they are willing to take on this sort of role and that they have the chance to address any legal concerns of their own. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. If you know other people who might find this podcast worthwhile, please share it on your social media platform of choice. And if you're feeling particularly generous, a rating or review for the show on whatever podcast service you use would really help to get the word out about the show. You can find The Savvy Philanthropist on the internet at thesavvyphilanthropist.net. You can find me on LinkedIn at the link below in the show notes, and you can follow me on Twitter, where I am at RossPlan. Lastly, if you have any ideas, suggestions, or helpful insights, feel free to email me at thesavvyphilanthropist at gmail.com. That's it for episode 21. Thanks for listening. Next week will be part two of this short series, a review of a couple of particular charitable vehicles that are often used with this sort of donation and sale. Until then, remember, do well, then do good, but always be savvy.